I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You know where to find me on Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And in this episode, we're focusing on modern moms. Is it time to rewrite the rules about motherhood? But first, we want to wish a happy Mother's Day and happy Mother's Day weekend to all the moms out there, all of the people, men and women, in our children's lives who are fulfilling that nurturing role and taking care of our children. And also, we want to send a rest in peace out to Afini Shakur because she passed away, Tupac's mother. And also we want to remember with love all of the moms like my own who've passed on to heaven and uh, who are still with us here in spirit, especially on this day. So we're focusing on a lot of the things that are happening that we're seeing with celebrity moms and also maybe you're noticing with your friends and what's happening in society. So let me introduce our panel and let's get right to it. Joining me is Laura Garces. She's a mother of two boys, uh, two teenagers. She's facing a family challenge. We're gonna hear about a little bit later in the show. Laura, thanks so much for being Thank with you us. For having me. We appreciate it. Also with us, my good friend, our Hot 97 music director, TV and radio personality, and on top of all that, a mom, the one and only Titi Torres. Titi. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Also with us is Dr. David Manning, Pastor Manning, is a pastor of the Atla Missionary Church in Harlem, and he's got some very specific views about modern motherhood. Titi, I want to start with you on this. Okay. How do you rate modern moms according to like our mother's standards or previous generations? Well, see, I was raised in a very challenging household, and my mother wasn't the best mom. So I didn't have the tools and fundamentals when it came to parenting a child myself. So I was kind of self-taught. I had a lot of um, mentors who were moms that kind of, you know, lent a hand in helping me and guiding me um, and things of that nature. So I didn't really come from that nourishing traditional um, household. So I really couldn't tell you what that environment is like. All I can, you know, tell you is what I experienced growing up. And we want to hear about that in, in just a moment. Pastor Manning, in terms of when you look around, you're the, you're right there in Harlem, right on, right. on Lenox Avenue, right. 120s. When you look around at moms, especially the young moms, the current generation right. that's out there in the community, not just Harlem, but, you know, in our society, right. what do you see going on? Well, you know, I was raised in a very traditional nurturing environment of mothers. In fact, I was raised in an environment where any woman could be your mother uh, if she was in the neighborhood or on the block. What I see today is is quite a tragedy. I think that mothers today have lost their way, and, and not necessarily to blame them, but the generation that preceded them also had lost their way, such as what we just heard a moment ago. Uh, it is a tragedy that young children are being raised by people who don't know what motherhood is, who don't understand clearly how to nurture, how to love, and how to feed a child the way that I was fed spiritually and morally. I, I think it's a tragedy what's happening today. Laura Garces, you're a mother of two teenage boys. What does motherhood mean to you? Um, it's everything. I mean, I'm, without my boys, I don't know what I would do. I can't even picture my life without my boys. Um, and, you know, you just, like TT, we had our sets of issues growing up as well. But when I became a mother, it just kind of came natural, you know, and there are some mothers that despite not having uh, a role model to show them how to be a mother, it kind of comes natural, you know, and like the pastor said, there are some tragedies and 
some women lose their ways, but I think um, some some women just it just comes to them. What about do you think as a society we're lacking positive role models of women as mothers? Because a lot of our most popular images of women right now are from reality TV shows. Oh, absolutely. And I think the other thing is that it's being fostered in television and media uh, to disenfranchise the mothers from their nurturing role and to make them more of a sort of media person. And our children are being raised with the idea that they can have their own minds, they can have their own worlds, and raise each other. It is really quite tragic, to use that word a third time, what's happening today. Now, of course, there are some mothers who are doing great jobs, and my wife was a great mother, my mother was a great mother, but overall, These generally. These moms are doing a great job right here, the job. ones that are here with us. Well, well, you know, I, I kind of feel a little go, go ahead, just jump right in, please. Like, you know, when you keep saying this generation of moms, it's, it's a tragedy. Everybody. Um, I, I happen to there's a huge difference between you and I in terms of gay age and I am this generation I am this generation's mom Um, and so I take offense to that because you know I spend a lot you know I spend a lot of time with my son and nurturing him and loving him and teaching him things through experience sometimes that's your best learning that's your best learning tool and let me finish and I might say these things about my mother but let me tell you one thing that my mom did keep foot and rooted in our household it's faith and the belief of God and and so with that is also something that's the foundation and the rock of my family is spirituality I, I, I congratulate and faith you. in God. I congratulate you on being a great mother, and I don't mean to paint all mothers with the same brush. However, I think generally, I think the question Lisa, Lisa asked was a general question. Individually, you can probably find a lot of great mothers, maybe some greater than you, maybe not, but generally, it is a tragedy, again, for the fourth time, uh, that what's happening in our society But do you today. think it's become socially acceptable for mothers not to embrace motherhood? I, pers- I personally know of friends and friends of friends who have had babies or there's their wives or girlfriends have had babies and they just don't want any connection with the child whatsoever. They just go off and do their thing or move to another another part of the I country. Don't, I don't some think they women, know how to. I think some women are also trying to keep up um, with social, you know, at, and Standards. at the same time like balance motherhood and social, but you have to put your child first. You know, and there are some women that just got lost or do whatever they need to do to provide. Well, you, what do you think about well, that? You also, well, you also have to put in perspective, too, that a lot of moms now have to take on more responsibilities yes. because the men right. aren't stepping up to the plate and doing the things they need to do as true. men. That, as men, true. excuse me. So you got to look at it. The mother is now the working mom who has to provide and, you know, make sure the rent and the bills are getting paid. And and then she has to come home and she has to nurture and then she has to be the teacher so you have you're wearing all these different hats in 2016 so it is very different from you know what it used to be Every back in the day ago. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you have to give me credit for having recognized a period where motherhood was a very different genre than it is today. It's a very very different society then, too. Absolutely. We're in a different world. So what we have to do then compare was, is this society a better society than the society prior to it? And I would vote that the society prior to it, in fact, all seceding societies prior to this particular one were better ones. This one has to be a distinctive one of being one of the world's worst, if you ask me. The world's worst? Yes. By what standard? 
standard. Well, if you look at other nations, especially Asia, or in, in but not Europe, but if you look at Asia and Africa, there are better mothers in Asia and Africa than we have in Europe and in America. So when you when I look how can, at how can you say that? If you look at, if you but how do you Asia, separate the mother from the culture and the society well, that she's in? I, I don't think let's you can. Look at, let's look at the rate of marriage of women that are married in Asia and in India and in China and Korea and Africa They're as opposed to... to well, hold up, so you're, you're blaming the women for not getting married? Look at, excuse me? You're blaming the women for not getting married? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that if you look at the various cultures of the marriage rate in these nations that we're, we're making comparison to, you find a larger percentage of women are married than in this particular culture, meaning that a, there's a structured, a better structured family. Okay. In, 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 in other societies. And yes, but societies, I can't, a lot of people are forced to marry. But, but you know, shotgun no, wedding, this is the age from whence right. I was Or if they're in an abusive raised, relationship, they I was, can't get out. I, get out. I'm hatched, born from a shotgun marriage relationship. You made a woman pregnant, you married her. So you can call that forced marriage if you like. But it produced a much better society, much better people. How? How? I've, 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 I've well, seen well, so many marriages fall by the wayside when they're forced because what what do you grow to love each other is that is that what it is look at the imprisonment rate now of young men who go to prison as opposed to let's let's take a little break right there we need to take a break in the show when we come back we're going to ask our guests what do they think about some of the celebrity trends in motherhood and are they being played out at home. That's what we're going to find out when we come back. You're watching Street Soldiers. Yo, what up? It's the game, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 97. You all appreciate it. When I was young, me and my mama had beef. 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Suspended from school, I'm scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Shed tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor than other little kids. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. In elementary, hey, I see the penitentiary one day. Running from the police, that's right. Mama catch me, put a whoop into my backside. And even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was a black queen, mama. I finally understand for a woman, it ain't easy trying to raise a man. You always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did it, there's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. Dear mama. Place no one above you. You all appreciate it. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter, Instagram, Google Plus, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And what we're focusing on in this episode 
mothers, modern moms, is it time to rewrite the rules? And joining us, Laura Garces, she's a mother of two teenage boys, T.T. Torres, our Hot 97 music director, TV and radio personality, and also a mom. And also with us, Dr. David Manning, he's pastor of the Atla Missionary Church in Harlem. Let's talk about these celebrity moms for a moment. We just saw supermodel Christy Teigen, the wife of John Legend. She took a lot of flack on social media for going out to dinner with her husband 10 days after giving birth to her daughter. Laura, what do you think about that? I think that they need to mind their business. <laughs> no, I think that social media tends to blow things up and you don't know what she's feeling. Maybe she needed to get out. A lot of moms go through postpartum depression and maybe she felt like she was suffocating. We don't know, we don't, we don't live with them. So maybe she decided, you know, I need a break, I need to get out and there's nothing wrong with that. What about that, TT? I absolutely, You're social media queen. <laughs> I absolutely understand why she went out to dinner with her husband 10 days after giving birth. Let me be clear. I wanted to leave the house three days after giving birth, and I had a tummy tuck, and I was ready to dip out the house. I mean, you know, people don't understand how hard it is to give birth, number one, and number two, your life literally goes from zero to 100 real quick. Sleepless nights, um, loss of appetite, barely uh, feeling normal again. Your whole body, like for me, it took me literally maybe two years to feel normal again. Wow. So for her to go out and enjoy a dinner with her husband, Maybe she deserved it, you know? Pastor Manning, what do you think about this? Well, let me win some points here with everyone and say I agree with the panel. <laughs> oh, why start now? Why start now? <laughs> uh, but, you know, actually, the, the, the issue is here is that that was normal years ago for a mother to give birth to a child and go back to work, not just go out to dinner, but go out to work, go back to work a week later. So I think that there's a lot being made out of the fact that um, mm -hmm. she went out to dinner because women return to their workplace, as I just stated, right. after giving birth. So this is not really a big deal unless we're now looking at women who feel that they should stay home for a month with the child after the child, after the birth of the child. But there is a bit of that competition between stay-at-home moms versus moms who are in the workforce. Yeah, and that, you know, for example, even with my son, you know, there's a lot of stay-at-home moms in my community. But again, they can afford to stay at home and their husbands are the head of the household and providing for their family. And that's, in my opinion, a luxury if you're able to do that. It should be the woman's choice, you think, or the family's be, choice. Absolutely be the woman's choice or the family's well, choice. Unfortunately, in a lot of households where I come from, women are the heads of households and they give birth to children with no husband or no man in the house, which I think, again, is an awful thing that's happening with the understanding of motherhood. I think the motherhood, what we ought to be talking about as well today, is that women believe they can be mothers without fathers, without having husbands, that they can bring a child into the world without having a father to help nurture that child as well. And I think that's awful that women believe that. There is no real uh, mandates in society today. Make sure you got a husband that you're married before you get yeah, birth to Yeah, but why are you putting, so we're talking about two things though, just to be clear, because mm -hmm. there, are, there are women who say, I'm gonna have a baby no matter what, I don't care whether or not I'm in a relationship with a man, or the man That's is absolutely wrong. about life. But then there's also women who do give birth and they're in a relationship with that man and they believe that that man is gonna do the right thing and be there for them and, and their child. He and he's not. Right. So why should we blame those moms when they're well, the ones that are Well, maybe we need to go back it. to the condition, uh, back, back to the tradition that I was raised in because men made commitments and they married women and they were fathers to their children. So whose fault is this? It's not the woman's fault. How no. were we successful during that period and then translate that to society, what's happening society, now? No 
disrespect, Pastor, but that was so many years ago. I mean, society has changed drastically since you were born. Yeah, it has. Uh, now, I, no, here, here, here's what I... Maybe we need to change it back. We but, need to dial it back to what it was previously, is all I'm saying. Maybe I'm not communicating it, but we need to dial it back to a time where children are treated to the, the having a father and a mother in well, the household. Well, here's, well, what, here's what I agree with you on. They deserve it. But a, a child deserves a, yes, a father. Yes, and I, and, I, and, and I agree with you on that point. In Absolutely. A, a, a child should have a father in his life especially a little boy because at a certain when they become girls a certain too. age oh yes girls absolutely girls too um because a man is their father is supposed to be the first person to show them love and intimacy that comes from a okay. father but right listen, but but i think there about- is i think there is a, a time when a boy does grow up and he needs that man to show him how to be a man and i don't think um, a mom can teach him that uh, how to be a or, man. Or what about that? You have two boys, right? Well, thank God I have a, a husband that and, and a good father. Well, thank he's God for always, that. Always, you know, through our trials and, and tribulations, we, he's always been there no matter what. Um, what I was going to say before is that, unfortunately, as a society, back in the days, we we had that you know biblical faith, you know, as as um, as a root of of society, and Standard, that played yeah. a lot. That played a lot into men and and women and and marriages and yeah. And but stuff. you know, you still have a man and a woman to make the child. I mean, you can right. talk about but biblical days as if it was something ancient and never able to return again. The process has not has not changed in terms of how that child first has. comes into being. It comes has. into but being with a male and a female, and they ought to be able to have that relation continue until that child is right. Age but they don't have to be together to do that. Well, yes, they do. No, no, no they no. don't. Yes, they a, do. a, a man yes, can be a great father no, to no, his no, child from a without he's being be with his mother. He's got to be in home. He's got to be there without every being the mother. Night. You think he's he has to be there every night? What about... There, there, there's plenty of men, working men who no, are not no, there cannot, every night you, who do not you, spend 24 no, hours see, a day, seven a days a week. That's, that's what a problem Listen, you we, can have the, the father right down... There allow. are families that are divorced and their father literally lives around the corner that are still very influential in their kids' lives. Now, so they, the mom and the dad, but in my opinion... But ideal situation. But that's your ideal situation. No, no, that's it's, your, it's that's ideal your idea. That's your philosophy. And that's, that's what you. That's society, what you the, think. The works. prison registry, the unemployment registry, uh, the violence registry, the crime that, registry. Those are registry absent says that fathers. Are those are absent wrong. fathers. Absolutely. Absent fathers I meaning have, not in there. the child's You're life at all. At all. The, like they don't even know. Some of them don't even know the father. Yeah, because the mother and the. But that's a whole other issue. But you cannot sit here and tell me a dad can. Not be no, a no, no. dad do and not that. be with I'm the mother. I'm telling you, you're hurting children that are even more. I don't, I don't agree. It, I don't agree. Are. No, you are. When I don't you, agree. You're hurting that. children when more she, than if the dad wasn't no, there no, no, at no, no, all no. to have them there. When I, she says that it's all right for father to be a distant father, I did not say distant. I said not living, not being with the mom. On this, you do not negotiate. Okay, so you rather a child be raised in a household where two parents are fighting and arguing, not getting along. Oh, God forbid, maybe an abusive relationship. He laying hands on her. That's better for the child because they're together living right. in an environment. I, I think you're. What you're, about you're, that, Pastor? You're exaggerating what I'm trying. No, to but explain. no, no, no. no but how about 
us understand. Help us understand. Is, is that better? Listen, I I don't, by by are, any means necessary, keep the dad in There are many excellent children that have been raised in households where marriages go through strife. They go through problems. I think most marriages do. But it's better that you be raised in a household where the father is there and the mother is so, there than be raised in a household where so the father you're saying and mother are not the there mother the should live. So let's say There's the mother. Okay, but let's say the. But hold on. Let's say the mother is not happy in a relationship. You're saying by your philosophy, suck it up, be with this man that you don't love anymore, or you don't even. Can I tell you. So suck how, it up, so can that I, can so I that. Tell you how many millions of women and men have done that for the good of the children. They have stayed together. But how is okay, that? Okay, hold how on. is that healthy okay. for the kids? But, but, but she's how raising is that healthy. Pastor, that but Titi's raising the, the point. But before the welfare. But there are many studies. Pastor, we're gonna. We need to take. There are many. There are many studies, and I've interviewed psychologists who say that if the parents are not happy, if the marriage is irrevocably broken, if the marriage is just done, that to stay in that house for the sake of the children, it just it doesn't do any good. It's worse than having the father I'm or sure mother living in two separate places but involved. That's what that all the well, psychologists say. I'm sure you say. can find just when it's many psychologists that are well noted that will say just the opposite of okay, that. In well, fact, we're gonna anytime you deal with psychology, okay, you're going to find two sides of a coin. All right, we're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Facebook, Snapchat, at Lisa Evers. And what we're focusing on in this episode, motherhood. Modern moms, is it time to rewrite the rules? Joining us, Laura Garces. She's the mother of two teenage boys. Also with us, my good friend and our Hot 97 music director, Titi Torres. You also see her on TV as a personality and also on Hot 97 as a personality as well. And she's a mom. Also joining us is Dr. David Manning. He's a pastor of the Atla Missionary Church in Harlem. And Laura, I want to talk a little bit about your story because I think when I heard it, when our executive producer, Tone Capone, told me about what you and your family are going through. It really exemplified to me what motherhood, one of those core values of unconditional love that we think of you know, with motherhood is one of the highest and, and most, most beautiful attributes. Tell us what you're going through with your 13-year-old your son, Donnie. Um, my 13-year-old Donovan, Donnie, um, who was hit by a car coming home from school January 12th. Um, he wasn't expected to survive. And um, so... I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. no, take your time. It's it's it, we appreciate you being here with us and and talking about it. And people, you know, we want to give you the full support for the fight that you're you're making for him on his behalf. So. You can't. Okay, we'll come back to it. Okay, but I'm Laura. Laura, I'm sorry. We'll just take a moment. But I'm going to tell a little bit of the story. So, Donnie is literally fighting for his life oh. in a hospital right now. Okay. Laura is at his side with her husband and other family members every single day. They're trying trying to fight and to let him know that she is there for him. And we wanted to have her on this show to show that kind of value of unconditional love. And Titi, when you hear, I mean, talk about a young mom that's really, really yeah. going all the way. Yeah, it hits you to your core because there's nothing on this earth that means more, I mean, to me than my son, the love of my son. and. I always say this, I, I never want to outlive my son. I never want to. I don't even know Fathom can remotely feel the pain that she's going through. 
Pastor Manning, what 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 can you say to Laura? Because I'm sure you've been you've ministered to people. Yeah, parents I, have been I, in this I situation see this all too often. And I applaud Laura for her standing by her child. She has no option, quite frankly. But there are mothers who do take an option and do not stand by their children as she is doing. And I just applaud her and want her to know also that I will pray for you, for Donovan, I think is his name, that he shall fully recover. And he's got a great mother. You know, mothers have a very special healing power that no one else possesses. Uh, even though I've talked about mother and fathers being together and raising children, the mothers have a, have a very special touch that no other person has. So continue to do what you're doing for your yeah. son, and he shall recover. And we Thank will pray you. for and him as well. And it's only by the grace of God. And I mean, um, we have an overwhelming support system in our Brentwood community and our family and our friends. And by the time I got to the hospital, I work in Queens. So it took me about an hour and a half in traffic to get to the hospital where he was. By the time I got there, there was over 50 people there, you know, oh, just praying God. and praying praise and praying. God. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that because of the prayers and the prayer warriors, that's the only reason he's still with us. I like that prayer and, warriors. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit, Laura, if, it, if it's not too troubling for you, tell us a little bit about his medical condition because he is in a coma, right? No, he's out of the coma. Okay. Um, he was at Cohen's um, in New Hyde Park for a month, and then he was transferred to Blythdale Children's Hospital in Westchester County where he's receiving acute rehab. So every weekday he gets speech, OTPT, um, and every day it's a little more that he's recovering. And again, I it's only by the grace of God that he's here. And I'm honored to be here, but there are mothers that are dealing with a lot worse. There's mothers that have cancer themselves dealing with a child that's in the hospital. So I'm really honored, but I'm only doing what any mother would do. In terms of Donnie's prognosis, did he suffer a massive you know, bone injuries and that type of thing? Did he have amazingly, a lot of internal? Yeah, amazingly, he only had a, uh, a fractured humerus as far as bone wise he had um some um he had a shattered spleen they had to coil it when we when we got there they actually thought his um intestines his liver his kidneys were bleeding but it was so much blood from the spleen mm. so they coiled it and were able to stop the bleeding so he had to have a lot of um a lot of blood transfusions um the biggest injury was to the head so he suffered a traumatic brain injury so that's what we're dealing with right now. That's what all his therapies are for, to try to get him to be able to walk again, to speak again. He hasn't been able to do any of those things yet. But you have never given up hope for one minute. Absolutely not. It's by the grace of God. And again, um, I stay in prayer, constant prayer. And that's what keeps me going. And we do, you know, the doctors, the nurses, the medical staff in these situations, they do amazing, amazing things. But there's also sometimes, sometimes as a relative, a loved one of somebody who's in that situation, you, you have to fight and really make sure like, yeah. are we doing everything? Right. Are there other options? Yes. I know it doesn't look good, but really fight for that person's life. And thank God I've met some wonderful mo other mothers that unfortunately their children have gone through similar experiences. There's a mom that I know from Atlanta, I haven't even met her in person, and she's been so supportive and giving me advice about her child's experience, and she actually started something called Rail Against the Danger because her son fell from a loft bed in college and banged his oh head gosh. and almost cost him his life. So she started something um, to try to get the colleges to put railings up on the loft beds and everything, so a lot of support. 
That's great. I think as a mom, when something happens to your child, it's something inside of you that ignites. Mm -hmm. And you fight. You go into, like, gorilla beast mode. mode. You go into this, like, third, fourth, fifth power that you don't even know existed. And you just fight you know and it's in it something as traumatic as this or something as simple as the needs you know if you know that your child needs a roof over his head as a mom you you tap into something to make sure that those needs are taken care of and I commend you because that's that's hard and you know you didn't seep into depression you put your 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 fighting gear on and and you're fighting, and and out here, and out here to talk about, and, and Pastor, what about for the for the moms that are going through this? Well, I think they need to take a, a page out of Laura's book to pray for their children, to give them that very special power that TT is talking about. That does emanate from a woman, from a mother, uh, that does heal and does deliver as well. So, uh, I would recommend to any mother who's going through a tragedy right now to pray for their children, to believe in their children. And there, there are a number of mothers who are not having a physical or medical, if you will, problem with their children. They're having social problems, criminal right. problems, behavioral, children in jail, yeah. that kind of a thing. They're not performing in school as they are. But the same love will deliver them if they'll just take the time to do and it. And that's really what the mo- motherhood is all about, is, 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 it love. is love. Absolutely. It is Absolutely. love. And, then, and love for your child, but also love for someone else's child. Like, you know, I have custody of my nephew. And there have been times... Like, like the pastor said, where he struggled socially, you know, wanting to hang out with the wrong crowd, wanting to do things his way and not respecting authority. And you know what? I never stopped fighting for him and putting my foot in everything I had into him and to let him know, no, we're not going to tolerate this you can, behavior. You can, ne- you can never give up. No. Showing love. And sometimes that love has to be tough love. Right. You know, but you know well that brings me to yeah, t- speaking of tough but, uh, love you know I, I think that the, the other item is that some mothers or persons may not really learn what it is to be a mother until a tragedy happens exactly they, they, that incident brings them to the point of realizing how I must be a mother how I must give of myself and so many times out of these tragedies can come some really beautiful relationships and between mother and children Oftentimes, too many mothers don't have tragedies so they don't really learn to love and you're children. talking about parenting styles and mothering styles and the the tough love what about this trend of moms who want to be their kids best friend absolutely not i i don't no, think that ever absolutely works absolutely not no, no that no. does not work i don't think that i don't you think agree? that ever yes pastor we definitely agree on this one believe it. so like 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 a dina lohan and a Lindsay lohan <laughs> no. like she's no. going to the club and partying and going crazy with her daughter no, uh, no, no. even my nephew you know my sister had him very young and so i'm not that much older than him but it's still a respect level there like we're not going to chill and and talk about things that him and his friend will talk about and you're not going to address me as if I'm one of your friends in the street like there's a level of respect that automatically is demanded in my household and I'm not one of your friends you know the Bible says that you should raise a child in the way in which they should go so when they get old, they will not depart from it. And as say, what's, what the Bible is saying is that you shouldn't raise children to be children. You should raise them to be adults, even while they are children. So when they get older, they will not depart from that. So you can't be a friend of your child if you're an adult. 
you have to raise that child, have to think like an adult. You don't want to rob them of their opportunity to be children, but on the other hand, they're not going to be children most of their lives. They're going to be adults most of their lives, and I think that's the thing that's critical. Laura, what, what, what about that, especially with boys, because you have yeah. two teenage boys. It starts from when they're babies. You have to teach them, and I know like your nephew, you took custody of him a little older, but you know, you have to set that standard for them because as children, they'll throw tantrums, they'll try to test you, but if you don't set that boundary, they will take advantage. So so the mom that says, well, you know what, he's gonna smoke weed or he's gonna get drunk and no. I'm gonna have him do it right here at the kitchen table I don't agree. where I can control the situation. What do you guys think about that? No. Well, I think that mother ought to be imprisoned. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I really do. Because what she's doing, she's robbing that child of the sense of their own individual youth and instilling in that child a very deadly possibility of drug addiction that could destroy their lives. And so I, I think that's a criminal act against an innocent child. Should never be allowed to take place. I- I definitely agree with the part of it shouldn't be allowed to take place, but I want to know about it. So if my son or my nephew or, you know, my niece or whoever is out there being, you know, sexually active or getting into drugs or whatever, I want to know about it. And the reason why I want to know about it is so that I can coach them through it. And you want to give them the right advice. You don't want it to come from someone that's going to steer them the wrong way. You know, from, so from like they, one of their friends exactly. who's like, hey, Absolutely. try these pills or exactly. try, try this. It, or, and and yeah. kids, you know, nowadays they have so much access to everything. You know, social media, the internet, they have more access. And, and I grew up, you know, in a millennium era, but they have 10 times more than what I had. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's out there for them. Like, they know what it is. They're telling me about it. And I'm very close to my nieces and nephews, all of them, me and my they, sisters. Lisa are very close. So we talk about those things openly with with them. Can I give a plug for Hamite mothers? By Hamite, I mean African-American or black women in particular, while I realize this is a general conversation, it it should be, but we have begun to look at the fact that the black or the African-American woman perhaps suffers and for many, many reasons, more so than most other women because of the present status right now with how the black man treats her. And we're tr- we're doing a teaching at our church with women to help women to understand how beautiful they are, Hamite women, uh, with a darker shade of skin, dark skin, or black women are thought to be at the outset ugly simply because of the color of their skin and because of economics and other things that have happened in terms of the African-American or black struggle, the Hamite woman or the black woman has suffered greatly. And I'd just like to say a word about that to plug that, that we're working on that, trying to turn that tradition around. And that, that, is, a, that is a big issue. Actually, we're going to be doing a show on that coming up on the whole complexion issue and also the new black love movement. And we're going to be doing that. But right now, we got to take a little break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, you are. You know what it is, man. This is B.I.G. Shine. And this is the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, on Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Snapchat, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And in this episode, we're saluting mothers and also talking about some of the issues that mothers are facing in 2016. Joining me, Laura Garces. She's the mother of two teenage boys. One of her sons, 13-year-old Donovan, has been fighting for his life and is now fighting for a full recovery from a terrible car accident. She's here with us to talk about that. Also with us, my good friend, T.T. 
Torres. She's our Hot 97 music director, a radio and television personality, and also a mother. And also joining us, Dr. David Manning. He's the pastor of the Atla Missionary Church in Harlem. Now, talking about influences, the kids that are coming up right now, the ones that are six, seven, eight, nine years old, <laughs> They are exposed to more things digitally and in terms of the world than any previous generation. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, Pastor Manning? That's absolutely bad. There's just no way that you can make it good, even though some positive things can happen with the digital generation. The fact that they're exposed to so much before they can fully interpret what sex is all about, which is the main thing they go after, or the bad spirits within the culture. So the fact that they're being exposed to something that they don't have the ability to fully interpret is criminal, uh, again. And uh, it, it, should, it, it, home, it, it should not happen but, as it is presently You happening. said the things that they go after are sex. So, so what, break that down for me because well, I, you're I, saying I, that a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old. Sex. It doesn't have to be the actual intercourse. But, but you're saying so they are going to social media to look for sex? I think, well, the age was not five or seven, but yes, I am saying that around the age that I think that Lisa is referencing. That seven is or eight? One, because it's so, it's, seven or eight? Yes, because it's that which is forbidden. And don't tell me that you're, here, absolutely you're naive absurd. enough to say, that you're is, naive no, enough to think that at seven or eight years old, my they son, don't understand what sex is all about. No, I'm not saying that they don't, they, they fully can't comprehend what sex is all about. And it's the one thing that's been kept from them in public, and the one thing that's been kept from them that But they, can, they don't go to, so, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you're saying that so, Social media, they go to social media to look for sex. Absolutely not. My son is five years old. He loves YouTube. You know what he goes to YouTube for? To watch, watch it whip. Nene and Nickelodeon. He's not going to YouTube okay. to see some thotty uh, on on YouTube. That's not what he wants. He goes to Snapchat. You know why he loves Snapchat? Because he wants to videotape himself doing the dab. He's not talking about, oh, let me find another I, sexy five-year-old. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about <laughs> here? Laura, Laura, what are we Let's see how we compound our information. You have a five-year-old. I mean, by the way, I, I, he doesn't I, I, have I, I, a Snapchat. I, I, Snapchat. I just okay, want to make okay, that clear. Okay. <laughs> I, have, I, I, run a, I have a kindergarten school, a middle school, an elementary school, and a high school. And I tell you, that's what they do. I have a wider group of children. I, I'm also Wait a minute. You're saying at your school the kids are looking for porn? Not at the school. No, not, I pray that they're no, not. No. However, it's possible it all if we allow them your, to have their cell phones or computers. On your well, what I'm trying to say is that I have a larger pool of young people to pull from to look at what their ideas about what they do on on these Instagrams or whatever it is that but, they do. But teachers and are now... where your experiences are just with your child. Well, I'll deal with a whole lot no, more I, of them. Well, and the general Well, no, well, you think I don't deal. Hold on, hold on. Children, First of all, I have a foundation. Don't generalize old, me, though. I have a foundation. I deal with myself. kids more than you probably think okay, I do. Right, I, so then, I will say when they become teenagers, they are more sexually Adventurous. adventurous than they are at five, six, seven. I mean, there's, there. Okay, but there's, there's also have, the other, the, the I other have phenomenon. I a seventeen-year-old, and I have to talk to him about it. You know, and it all starts at home. If you don't build a foundation at home, then yes, they will get lost in things. But when you speak to them and keep things clear and guide them, you know, there some kids are going to do it regardless. So yeah. all you can do is guide them. You can't keep them. You can't, you can't keep, keep it away from them. You can't put you enough can't. parental controls on all these things. But what about the phenomena of the iPad or tablet babysitter? You know, with a, a lot of kids, it's oh. it's an easy thing. Give them the iPad. Yes. Give and them the I, tablet. And, 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 and I don't like games. that. Like, 
shout out to my sister. I'm not going to put her on blast. Um, which one? I have a lot. But when we're in church, <laughs> she does give them the iPads all the time. And I'm like, can you give them a coloring book? Can you give them a reading book? And, you know, there are moms that just throw the iPad at them because these kids nowadays, they love the technology. Like, right. it's taught in school now. And, like, you know, for my son, in his class, he has an Apple computer. And so as part of their curriculum, they spend time on the computer. So when he comes home, he wants his laptop and he wants to play, the you know, the games. You just that have are, to find a balance, you know. Yeah. It's okay to give it to them once in a while, but that shouldn't be the kid's parent. Right. As a mother, you're there to teach them morals but, and know, love I, them I, I and show them affection the and they jury. shouldn't be on the laptop or the, the, the iPad 24-7. Yeah, right, sitting on a couch, sitting on a couch no, somewhere instead of playing. They don't get to interact with getting people's skills. Yeah. Mothers of jury is still out because we haven't had enough time data to determine whether or not this generation that has access to all of the information that we just talked about, as opposed to the 7,000 years of generations that preceded <laughs> that, where there was no uh, no iPad or whatever it was we're discussing. And so maybe 20 years from now, 50 years from and now, And also where see. the entire history was written by men. That's why there's so few women. Yeah, how'd exactly. How, how'd that get here? <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to do it. Exactly. To, no, it has a lot to do with everything. It has a lot to do with everything. My point is, let me not get carried away by that. My point is, is that perhaps the jury is still out. You need to see, you need to know that for 7,000 years of parental history, it pretty much remained the exact same with very little variations or change. My mother raised nine children. My father's mother raised 17 children. Jeez, so, wow. Yes, so, but now we have a much different mori, uh, set of mores going on. We have all this digital information that children can access. So maybe we need some time but, to compute. But, but I the, can already the economy, tell it's, it's disaster. The economy, the economy is not even built children. for seven. 17 children. The, uh, 17 children why? in a different company? Why it's a different does time. Not, it's a different time. Why, why because a gallon of milk costs almost better, $5. That's yeah, why. We, we have, have to be a in a better farm. economy now than we did when my father's mother raised 17 But the gallon so. of milk didn't cost you almost $5. Actually, we went to the cow we Let me turn to the other side of the digital coin here. And that's moms using babies as props on social media. It's like they get the clothes, they get the body, they get the man, they get the little bit of fame or whatever, and then they have a baby like a baby that is woman has is no idea trend. what she's doing. She has no idea about the sanctity of human life. She has no idea how precious what? a child's life is, and she would never expose her child that way if she understood 15 years from now that child may not want to see herself on social media. Some pervert can pick it up and do all kinds of things with it. That woman has no idea about the sanctity of life. So the beauty contestant, uh, the, the beauty beauty contestant who was in a bikini holding her little baby at arm's length like that, that's kind of a no-no in your book. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I think it's abuse of children to use them in that way. Children should be used, should not be used to advance careers. They should not be used to advance okay, people's let, let, own let, profile. Let's, let's talk they about should that. not be used to Because there's that. a huge trend a huge trend and starting with even young children because we get pitched them TD you must get pitched them all day every day with parents trying to relive or live out their fantasies of being a rapper a model an actor a singer yeah. some kind of celebrity right. through their child so at the age of four or five they have the kids out performing they have the kids in beauty contests they have the kids in all of these kinds of things well, what do you think what do you guys think about from. that if they're if they're doing it out of love like you know they want to see their child 
progress or whatever and that's their outlet that's different but like you said there are some mothers that do it for the wrong reason there's yes. fathers too that push the kids yeah like, like but, but you know i i agree with pushing your child if that is their passion i don't believe in forcing your child to do things that you would have wanted for yourself but like for my son my son i have him in everything music soccer taekwondo like and education is big in my household. I want him to be well-rounded. But to introduce but them I, I to all these teaching, things to these see things what they like. Mention are acceptable things. I think what Lisa is talking about is that things that we would consider that are on the border or pushing the envelope. The daddy pictures, a- acceptable. Yeah, those I, kind of pictures, and then and then also little boys. We've seen we've seen little boys, you know, like four four or five years old. Dad puts a big chain on him, some sunglasses, turns a baseball hat around backwards. Right. I mean, and I, then, I, and then honest, he's doing I have a picture like that for of Donovan when he was like three or four. He put on his his uh, big brother's hat and and Tim's and a chain. Right, or but whatever. did you take Donovan out and push him to have? A, no, a music no, career no. and make YouTube videos no. and put him out there like that and go up to radio talk show hosts no. and other people and say no. put him on no I think if it's not his something that he's into and you're forcing it on your child that That's is dead true. wrong yeah. but for my for my nephew like he's been he loves football he's been playing his thing since he was five years old he that's his passion that's what he wants to do it is my job as his parent or as his guardian because I can't take nothing away from my sister she's an amazing person to him it's my job to steer him in the right direction and to teach him if this is what you want this is what you gotta do and push him towards Michael, to get to Michael get to that. Jackson dangled his child blanket I think was the name of the child from a balcony somewhere in that was a, you're right that was a very controversial in uh, Europe moment. and that's the kind of thing I'm talking about that's the kind of thing I think I see I may be happening with the woman whoever she is that exposed her child as well it was wrong it was vile it was insensitive that Michael did that it should not happen children should not be exposed that way uh, and so parents who do that really don't understand what children are all about and Michael of course didn't understand but does this change very, but does this change reasons. again because we, we see like the Kardashians and then we see Kim Kardashian we see little baby North and that you know they're having different clothing lines and all these kinds of things it's like what kind is that setting a bad example or is this just normal I don't think she's doing it in bad taste I mean at least what I've seen it doesn't look like it's in bad taste you know she's not well, let's be clear. They want to do things to right. make money. That is right. their end goal. Right. Everything they put out to the world is to, to make, make money. money. Right. They're in the business of making money. So she's probably so starting her on that path. To making to make money, money and building. You know, I, I, I've watched uh, society, uh, people in entertainment over the years, and, 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 and not necessarily always the case, but generally 70%, I would say, of children that are, that are prodigies or children that are stars in movies end up with bad adult lives they just don't make it as not adults all of them. not all of them I, but not some of them, of them. I, I, I no but there, there's a lot there's 70%, some of them 70 where you get them stats from okay <laughs> <laughs> pull that, them out of my board yeah. right. no, <laughs> exactly no but you do know a lot of a lot of young ch- children prodigies end up with bad lives as adults they do a lot of them there do. Are, and there are some and, who end up being absolutely amazing look at Kiki Palmer as for an example an amazing child actress who is now a grown woman who is her very 
Zendaya, another person that that you know started out as a child actress. Look at the Ooh. young fella that committed uh, well, committed suicide, but went to drugs. He was African American. I can't think of his name but, right but now. But I'm not saying. But but your your stats. So I just want to know where you got that from because there are some kids who there are so, there are some who do who do really really who do, well who do really well. well. But, well, but there's also I think it also I'll starts I'll at home that. with everything. It starts at home. I, I it think depends, so too. You know, whatever you, you have, whatever issue you're talking about. You have to lay a foundation. You have to lay a foundation at home. And one of the key principles for me is education, love, and determination, and you know, just understanding that in life, you have to go after the things you want with respect and dignity. And I think I keeping ask, God first and, 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 and spirituality. Can I what's the age of the children where your friend hands the child a tabloid in church uh, to keep the child occupied? A tablet. What's the age of that child, if I may ask? She's five. Five years old. I think the child is old enough to pay attention to the preacher. That's what I would think. Obviously, I would have that point of view. <laughs> but I think that if the child is, is old enough to pay attention to a school teacher at five years old, they ought to be old enough to pay attention to the preacher rather than being given a tablet. Okay, but Pastor, you know some of those services so go on for a long, long Especially in the black churches anyway. now. You already know them services be about three hours. <laughs> Except my black church is all two hours, our, but all of some our of worship them? services have white hair because they go so long. That's how old they <laughs> yes. are. So, all right. So. I, 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 no, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I know how long services the service, service can go on until the next Sunday. <laughs> yes. All right. So I want <laughs> we're out of time, unfortunately, but I want to thank all of you for uh, for being with us. Laura Garces, thank our you. thoughts and prayers to you yes, and your family absolutely. and to Donnie thank you. for, for you. full and for complete recovery. I have yeah. faith that he will. Yeah, we do too. And we appreciate you taking time thank to come you. here and share your story. It's so inspirational. And I, and I think for a lot of people listening and watching, it just puts everything in perspective. And T.T. Torres, thank you so much thank for being for with us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. And Dr. David Manning, Pastor Manning, thank you so much for being with us. And Peace. of course, I have to thank my whole team, Lisa, our executive producer, Tone Capone, associate producer, Rose Daniels, digital producer, Mia Bell, digital assistant, T.J. Charles, and on the boards, and our DJ, the one and only Michael Medium, and of course, the whole Fox crew, executive producer, Chris Sobel, producer, Jeff Gessoff, production director, Brian Quinn. It takes a lot of people to put this show together. Mm-hmm. Our uh, head cameraman, um, Moro Bratoli, Monkfish Films, Roy Picorni with us today, and our, of course, our news director, Byron Harmon. We love you for letting us do Street Soldiers this way. And uh, remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace. <laughs>